The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya, and we're going to be talking about real money, not just currency, but real money, a store of wealth. We're going to talk about gold and silver, and also we'll get to a little bit of natural fancy colored diamonds because all money must be hard assets, and we're going to talk about the difference between money and currency. But to start, let's talk about uh, some of the headlines for the week. Uh, Jerry, one of the biggest headlines was that the U.S. debt reached $30 trillion. How about that? What do you think of that number? $30 trillion. Can you even, can one even conceive of a trillion dollars, let alone $30 trillion? $30 trillion, massive figure that just surpassed uh, uh, new record hitting February the 1st. That's a lot of zeros. It tip, it actually amounts to about $230,000 per U.S. household. So that is one way to measure that, which is astronomical. This is unsustainable. And it's the pace at which we are slashing and thrashing through these, these ceilings. There's no more ceilings. There is an abyss that we're falling into, the U.S., that Canada, uh, other G7 nations. We look at Turkey uh, hitting another 20-year high of inflation. Uh, they can't even afford food anymore, and this is a G7 nation. So we're not out out of the woods uh, with with regards to debt and inflation. Yeah, and you know the the U.S. can only bring in um, less than four trillion dollars in taxes, tax revenues. So they actually have no ability to pay this off in a short amount of time, you'd be looking at, at best, if they took every single tax revenue they ever get for the next five years, they might have a chance at, at paying it off. Actually, it'd be more than that, it'd be like seven years. And that would be taking the, not taking those revenues to put elsewhere. And of course, if interest rates are increasing, then you need more money to pay back the debt, which makes it even more makes it harder to service that. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, at what point does it does it start to show up in the collapse of the economy? I mean, some would say that it's happening because you're seeing the the rates of inflation or the rate of the devaluing of the dollar happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're saying the rate of inflation hitting last week at 7%, which is the latest print of consumer price index. And look, we've, uh, we've, we've seen the US Federal Reserve, their whole, they've been holding short-term rates near zero. Um, it's It has been actively intervening in the bond market to keep a lid on longer-term bonds by ish, uh, issued by Uncle Sam. Now, now we're looking at a potential uh, interest rate hike, and we talk about the interest rate, rate hike coming up in March to be the proverbial prick in the in the bubble. Um, this is the, the, the big one, and some Fed, uh, Fed members uh, see a drastic rate hike of a, up to 50 basis points. And the last time the Federal Reserve embarked on a, a, a drastic and such a dramatic interest rate hike was May of 2000, which popped the dot-com bubble. So these are really the headlines that we have to be focused on right now. Uh, the, the interest alone on the current debt cost taxpayers approximately $900 million per day, which is about 30 
$330 billion per year, and you want to start raising interest rates at the worst point in history, coming off the peak of, of heights. This is not the time to be raising interest rates, obviously, but we know the Federal Reserve and pretty much every single central bank is in between a rock and a hard place. Uh, it, it, the debts will matter eventually. I, I'd certainly believe so. The number 18778Silver in the website guildhallwealth.com. And the idea here is how are we going to protect ourselves against the unwinding of all of this? And the idea is to make sure that you don't have counterparty risk because at some point, these debts are going to come due. There's going to be a lot of deflation. There's going to be these debts aren't going to be paid, right? So all of a sudden, it's not worth anything. You own this. Guess what? That company's gone, right? Um, however, yeah. these debts get paid off. They're going to be, to a, a large extent, written off, which means the debtors are not going to get their money. That's mm -hmm. deflationary. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I believe personally that the fiat currency is going to be continued to be created out of out of thin air, just right. concocted, just alchem alchemized. And in that sense, the value of the of the dollar, the, the currency, is going to continue to rapidly fall. So we need a way to protect against that. And of course, that means having a hard asset like physical gold and silver to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. And physical gold and silver, this is why we refer to gold and silver to be wealth insurance. Uh, because ultimately it is independence uh, from this type of system, this fractional reserve system where you are the guarantor of the uh, debt being printed. You are the reason why they can continue to print money out of thin air based on your children's uh, future, the children's future uh, impact in the workforce, their children's children, that, that continues down the line. And to create and what gold and silver represents is independence away from that madness. You're now taking your wealth, you're converting out of debt fiat currencies, and you're converting into a hard asset that does not participate in it in this system. This is the reason why the U.S. Um, hold about 8,000 tons of gold entirely outside of the financial system. And did you know that, that their gold is valued at $45 an ounce? For some reason, they hold that gold and it's valued on the books at $45 an ounce. Um, mm. Yeah, I think what's interesting is if we consider the concept of you go to, you go to work, you, you put value out into the, into the world, and in return, you get purchasing power. And that purchasing power is stored, in, in this case, usually these days, stored in a fiat currency. But of course, that currency is being devalued because there's other entities who are creating, you know, that's real purchasing power. When you go out into the world and you create value and you trade for goods and you you produce things, whether it's with your labor, whatever it is, that's purchasing power. And then you reserve that purchasing power in the form of money. But when you have an entity that is creating purchasing power out of thin air, that's phantom purchasing power. But where is it being created? It's being created on the backs of the future. Mm -hmm. It's your kids, it's your grandkids, it's your great grandkids. These are, the, these are the people who are going to have to pay off this purchasing power that was created immediately today out of thin air. And I don't know about you, Jeremy. That makes me sick, <laughs> just to be honest with you. Just to know that my future generations to come are going to be responsible for what's being done today. And this is why Canadians today are not participating. We're not participating in various things. There's trust out the door um, with regards to... The honking that we're seeing on the streets, we're seeing this around the world. There is a growing distrust of, of 
governments, governments uh, growing finances. geopolitical tensions, uh, distrust of, of currency for that matter. And it just brings uh, my attention to this gentleman from the Bank of International Settlements uh, last month, uh, the G uh, German uh, manager of the BIS. He said the soul of money is the trust in central banks. Well, you know what? Uh, I don't think it has a, that type of system has much of a soul. <laughs> the, yeah, the soul of fiat currency, maybe, but not the soul of money. Not money of is money. a store of wealth, and fiat currency is and currency is a, a medium of exchange. Now, money can be a currency, but not all currencies can be money, and, and that's what we're trying to make a, the distinguishing the distinguishing feature mm -hmm. of these is that physical gold and silver is money. It has been a currency, but it is a store of value. How do we know that? Thousands of years. Thousands of years uh, prove that. So what's interesting, we're talking about the debt. We're talking about the um, lack of discipline that central banks have, have shown themselves. Not what they say, but what they do. And there was an interesting thing popped up um, in my Telegram feed this week. Was a former executive of BlackRock, Edward Dowd. Um, you know, he, he spoke for about three minutes in, in an interview and he was saying under the cover of COVID, they were able to print 65% more money, in our case translation, currency, to keep this thing afloat. We, we are at the end of days here. And that really leads to the bigger picture, doesn't it? That this financial system, which died in 2008, which mm -hmm. we've spoke about since 2008 on this very mm -hmm. show, basically ended. And... COVID allowed them to print 65% more cash, and now they're trying to usher in a great reset, which will lead to a topic we're going to talk about in the next segment, which is central bank digital currency. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we sign on to that is a whole other question. But um, what do you make of, of this former executive of BlackRock saying, we're at end of days here on the financial system, and he's saying, get out of the financial system? I know it's it's remarkable. I mean, this person is a somebody. I mean, they were, we're not talking about a tell a bank teller here. This is a former exec of BlackRock, trillions and potentially quadrillions uh, of derivative management uh, in that institution, uh, basically calling for an end of day situation. Uh, this is a fat tail event. This we don't know exactly what will be the with the cause of that, but to participate in the financial system is not the wisest thing. He's also signaling to get out of the financial system uh, as quickly as possible. Um, you know, and into what uh, would be the question for many of our clients? Well, into physical gold, number one. Your wealth insurance needs to be there because we are more concerned about the return of our money than the return on our money. Canadians, yes, we do want some growth, but we also don't want to lose. So parking it into something that is physical, that is independent and separated from that type of end of days event gold cannot go bankrupt like these institutions and they cannot default on promises or obligations i love it the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com if you want to own physical precious metals if you want to get some of your wealth out of the financial system and protect it and make sure that you have no counterparty risk going forward Consider owning some physical gold and silver. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Coming up, we're going to talk about uh, central bank digital currencies and a giant cube of gold sitting in Central Park. Mm -hmm. All that and much, much more on the Real Money Show on six forty Toronto. We'll be right back.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you want to acquire physical gold and silver, you can do that through Guildhall. You can acquire it direct from us, take it home, store it yourself. If you're looking for some storage options, we can definitely assist you there with an IROC-approved vault facility, fully insured, underwritten by Lloyds of London. You always have access to your product, and it's incredibly liquid. You have the ability to buy and sell on a phone call. You can even hold physical precious metals in a registered account. With Guildhall, it's held, it's separated from all other holdings, your own sub-account at the vault, and then we record the serial numbers into that sub-account so that you own those those products. There is no mistaking that it is owned specifically by you. There's no counterparty risk, and you're holding it in a vault facility that's outside the banking system. So this is a great way to protect wealth and ensure your wealth within registered accounts. Now, Jerry... We are living in a permanently distorted world. We've seen distortions after distortions after distortions, and now it's just commonplace. So we had the job numbers come out, and um, there were some some strange things going on with it, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. The stock market once again taking it on the chin. Uh, normally what we'd see, I would say probably a decade ago, prior to 2008, the launch of quantitative easing one, we would have good news to equate to good news. Uh, good news... Uh, as far as retail sales go regarding jobs, um, that would actually be a good thing for the stock market. It's in reverse. Good news today is bad news. Today was the big jobs data out of the Bank of Labor Stats in the U.S. They were anticipating approximately 125,000 jobs added, but the figure came out four times higher than that, 467,000 jobs added. Don't know what type of jobs, who are taking those jobs. We know, we're not going to get into the specifics. But the fact that happened, but the fact of the matter is when that news broke, the stock markets tanked. Why? Why would that be? Yeah, I don't know. Because, they are, because that type of figure is signaling that the Federal Reserve will need to hike interest rates, but they were not anticipating 100 or uh, 400. So it, it beat the expectations out of the water, blew it out of the water. Got it. So they may have to indeed hike rates come March uh, and potentially hike them by 50 to 75 basis points. Who knows? But they'll have to move. And what that does is you're now removing the, the punch bowl away from the stock markets. You're taking the stimulus away sooner than later. This is the pinprick that we're talking about. And uh, you know, not a big shock for us here in the gold markets. It, the narrative of you know when they interview central bankers and they ask them about inflation and they just say, "Oh, it's when an economy heats up." It's not about them creating money out of thin air, right? Printing currency out no. of thin air. It's about no. oh, there's just a lot of economic activity, right? Constant Look, looking around, looking around to see who's going to believe that one, and that's that's what this narrative is. It's saying, right. "Oh, there's more jobs." So economic activity is heating up, therefore that creates inflation as opposed to money printing creates inflation or fiat currency creation. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I also heard, I don't know if you heard this, but I heard that the amount of people looking for jobs went up. Yes. So somehow they got, there were more jobs, openings, but more people are out of work. Mm -hmm. So the accounting is again, completely distorted in, in that regard. 
Let's talk about uh, this uh, gold cube. Interesting. Eh? Um, this was uh, reported through uh, Vice. And basically what it is, is is someone has taken an artist, claims to have made an $11 million, close to $12 million worth of gold, uh, carted through, the, through New York City last week, um, and being plopped down in Central Park and later making a stop at a private dinner uh, for Wall Street bigwigs. And uh, the German artist Nicholas Costello uh, wasn't tone deaf enough. This is straight from the article. Uh, wasn't tone deaf enough. It's also an ad for a forthcoming cryptocurrency coin. Interesting. This I don't understand. This article is saying the, the, uh, the cube, which is supposedly made of 186 kilograms of gold, which, by the way, I'm personally not buying that one, uh, has the tagline, never before in history of humanity has such an enormous amount of gold been cast into a single poor, pure object. Would you believe that? Do you think this, this artist actually found a, got funded $11 million and was able to take $11 million of physical product take delivery of that and turn it into a cube. Well, I'm not saying it couldn't be turned into a cube quickly because yeah. you can, it's very mm -hmm. easy to melt gold, but right. uh, what do you, what do you take? What do you think? Well, you know, with 11 million to get this, this thing started to get the wow factor to highlight and market their NFT, this crypto that they want to launch They're First of all, they're choosing the perfect asset class uh, to create the wow factor in order to launch uh, an NFT. And who knows, they probably got the funding and saying, listen, I'm going to make uh, 20 million when I launch my NFT and I'll pay you back. So getting 11 million to make a cube uh, for the wow factor. I mean, it's a great, it's it's very smart. It's, it's, it's an intelligent thing. I would probably do that if I had to launch a crypto I, to create that relation with gold and crypto. Hmm. I love I love the irony. Nothing, nothing works better than a physical object to sell a digital object, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to hype this up with something real. So that you can buy something that isn't real, mm -hmm. that only exists on a, on a cell phone and a computer. Yeah, they're calling it uh, a currency for high-value economic goods and art. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, I, I guess they're making a, a play on, on how payments work and that uh, the idea is that the cryptos would be a good form of payment and this gold brick in the middle of the room is not ideal for a gold payment. Do you mm -hmm. think maybe that's what they're trying to get across? I mean, I would imagine most people would look at it and go, "Well, that's a that's an impressive relic. I can't spend I can't spend that in any sort of way." Well, I mean, when we look at the utility of what cryptos offer, it really just has to do with payments and that that's really just it. It's how quickly I can move it from one side of the world to the next. Um but, you know, it gets in, it's on the blockchain. It's not that private. So, But, yes, to create the credibility and to garner enough support, bringing the asset class of gold once again is very, is very key in this, in this one. But, uh, I mean, it, the, the cube looked nice. Uh, and uh, what was interesting was, is the, the depth or the thickness of it. It was about a quarter inch thick. So at first I thought it was a solid cube, which would be, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars if it was that if that was the case. But in this case, it was just a quarter round thick. But beautiful, look good. Yeah, maybe it was just gold leaf. Who who really knows? But this this leads to the another another aspect here, another another subject. We're talking about gold being used to sell the concept of a of a currency, and maybe they're just saying, oh, it, gold is is laborious to own, so why not own nothing and be happy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hmm, that sounds familiar. Klaus. Uh, Klaus. <laughs> Klaus. Um, 
But there was another article that came out through Market Watch, and the the title was the the move towards digital dollar gains steam as Boston Fed says its prototype can handle 1.7 million transactions per second. Goes on to say the the researchers say the U.S. central bank digital currency CBDC could settle most transactions in less than two seconds. Okay, that's that's cool. We that's probably one of the biggest problems with cryptocurrencies is they're very slow to make transactions. Whereas a credit card, you can make very very quick transactions. But the bigger question, Jerry, is what do you think the pitfalls are? of a digital cryptocurrency, a cryptocurrency that's not outside the purview of the central banks, but that's actually being issued by the central banks. Well, the idea with a central bank digital currency is fiat currency 2.0. Fiat being, as it is so, it's basically the government saying it has value, uh, backed up by maybe the the receivables, maybe by the military, but the, the trust is is it's given its credibility because of a central bank but we're not trusting the central central banks now and all it is is another fiat currency system this time digital this time much more uh trackable um and easier to tax um that's one of the reasons why they love their currencies these central bankers is is because they have the ability now to tax everyone on mass and you know to have physical gold in the same conversations with these central bank derived currencies i think it's 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 a tale telling i think we're coming to a point where we're going to see a merging between the gold and a, maybe a central bank derived currency we'll, we'll you know we're going to see what happens as we go we have to see uh, you know the volatility that is coming with these interest rate hikes this may push the hand of a central bank to want to introduce a digital currency but people are, won't trust it just like they didn't trust the venezuelan central bank the chinese had their own uh, uh, digital currency it doesn't work because it's just another form of fiat well that's a good question in terms of how much do people trust the central bank right now today there's no poll out there that says hey how much faith do you have in the, in the the US dollar how much faith do you have in the Canadian dollar what you know the 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 pandora's box really opens in terms of the issues of a central bank digital currency whether it's a social credit score or being able to cut you off if they don't like what you you know if they think that uh, you're you're being you're undermining um the country or or whatever it is right they can censor you and things like this because it's digital they could say oh we're going to seize your assets just like that but on the other hand i mean that's a whole again it's a yeah. whole pandora's box we could spend three hours talking about all these issues but on the other hand just to be kind of farcical for a moment, what does a central bank do if they can't print more money? Like, isn't that the purpose of a of a crypto? And if you have your own central bank cryptocurrency where you can only create so much and that's it, and the the central banks have a track record of not having the ability to stop themselves that's from right. printing, um, then what do they do? Mm-hmm. Like, what happens when they run into trouble again and they're already they've already taken what they can from mm-hmm. people because of the central bank digital currency. What do they do? They can't print more money. Mm-hmm. They're locking themselves in. I don't get it. The majority of central banks have their backstop. They have their firewall in place, something that they don't talk to us about about their their net buying of gold. Uh, they have a reserve that is specifically used in the event of a currency collapse. And I think we're headed 
very rapidly towards some sort of a currency deterioration, a currency reset, a currency collapse, whatever you want to call it. When that issue happens, the central bank has to pivot immediately. And this is the reason why we're seeing you know, countries, India, China, net buying of gold, um, central banks using their gold, such as Turkey, in, over the past month, they were able to use some of their stockpiles in silver, in fact, to bail themselves out. So they can, they can pivot towards something that is tangible, that has intrinsic value, that has trust around the world. Uh, besides the physical gold, there really is nowhere to pivot for these central bankers. And this is why Canadians like us, we are questioning, what does the Bank of Canada have? Canada has no gold in its coffers. We sold every single ounce that we had for the sovereignty of Canada. I mean, we do have resources. So in the event of any issues, we could probably just sell some crown land off to our nearest creditor. Or, uh, but that's really relatively it. There is no physical gold anywhere in Canada. So Canadians are becoming their own central bankers. Canadians are buying the gold themselves. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, why would a, a central bank handcuff themselves of doing what they love to do most, which is which is alchemize money out of nothing and keep doing it in perpetuity. In this case, they're locking themselves into a, into a finite amount. So I just wonder what the overall plan is with that. And I'd like to see them actually discuss that versus just discussing, oh, here's a benefit. The benefit is these transactions will be fast. Mm -hmm. Okay, we need a lot more information than just giving us a single benefit out of context. Yeah. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Obviously, we're going to talk more about gold and silver and the virtue of owning physical gold and silver as we do here on The Real Money Show. Uh, coming up, we're going to go into the bin to answer some Q&A from our uh, clients and people calling into the show uh, or people who contact us through the show. And we're going to do that coming up next on The Real Money Show here on 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you'd like to acquire some physical gold or silver for the first time, please visit our website at guildhallpreciousmetals.com. You'll see the different products that are available. We keep it simple. Um, that way you don't have to be overwhelmed by too much choice. The products that we offer on the site are London Bullion Market Association approved. It means they're globally respected and accepted brands so that you know you're getting the highest quality gold and silver, which is also going to be the most liquid down the road. They're universally accepted. You'll have no issue selling. And in, and in that vein, we're going to answer some questions about when to sell physical gold and silver, what to look for, um, you know, what are the indicators that we would need and look to in order to decide it's time to, to sell physical gold and silver now that perhaps you have some in your portfolio. But first, I was thinking about this NFT business, Jerry, and, and the cryptoverse and this digital metaverse and everything like that. And it, it kind of got me thinking about the dot-com bubble and how even after the bubble, the internet still existed. But if you knelt at the altar of technology, one thing that you missed along the way is that hard assets continued to be a factor and continue to exist and continue to have value mm -hmm. even after the internet was created, right? I mean, gold went from 250 back in 1999 
Now it's trading at $1,800 an ounce, and compared to where these debts are, it's going to be much, much higher. But do you draw a comparison for yourself between this idea of like the digital age of the internet and the metaverse and actual physical hard assets? The relationship is, is pretty simple. When you have the volatility of the NASDAQ bubble that burst in 2000, you have tremendous volatility. Ups and downs is, is what you're seeing in this market. It's even taken uh, some people 14 years to recover from their losses. Some people haven't recovered from 2008. What's gonna, what is it going to look like in 2022, 23, when, when the next one hits? We're waiting on that one to hit. What we don't see, this is why we love the asset class of a natural fancy color diamond, Jeremy, because it offers that intrinsic value, that value that does not, it does not participate as well, that's negatively correlated from these asset classes with volatility. You have a beautiful, intrinsically valued asset class, one that is being sought after by royalty, ones that are being sought after by families that are concerned about generational wealth, and that's something that we try to uh, birth in, in, into the minds of uh, our clientele, is not to think about the short-term, the quick-flip mentality. We're not into that anymore. We are looking to preserve wealth long-term, and what a better way than a natural fancy color diamond. Yeah, I mean, I like this idea that, yeah, there's digital worlds, there's a metaverse, et cetera, but ultimately, hard assets is money, and that's where the value is going to be stored long term. So for example, just looking at a natural fancy colored diamond, let's take something like a one carat fancy intense yellow. So vivid would be the strongest color, intense would be one one level down, internally flawless. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. And uh and you look at something like an oval, which is a a type of shape that is also quite rare amongst the natural fancy colored diamonds. Mm -hmm. You know, a diamond like that, a one carat, you would have purchased a decade ago, maybe a little over a decade ago, for what, $12,000? Today they're selling for $28,000? I mean, that is that is the what you're looking for. It's right. an asset that's continued to rise in value over time. Now, what's interesting about that is if you purchased it, you know, back in 2007 or 2006 for, for 13000 or whatever it was, um, that's a relatively small investment to get those sort of gains on. Mm -hmm. And with natural fancy colored diamonds, the more you the 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 more valuable the diamond and the larger the the outlay, the more valuable that is and the bigger the increase. That's right. And pink diamonds over the course of the 2000s went up something like 300 plus percent. Mm -hmm. Um and with the mine closed, no more pink diamonds coming to market, even the wholesalers are are reaching for diamonds now. Because within the next generation, within the next 50 years, there won't be any diamond mines. Mm -hmm. It'll all be mined, mm -hmm. which means the whole market moves to secondary market. Think long term like that. Imagine, so exciting. Imagine giving someone a diamond that costs $28,000 today, but the, 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 just the magnitude of wealth it's going to have in 50 years for a generation would be absolutely crazy, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And there was a story that came to my mind thinking of this generational wealth, being able to pass on something uh, to your next generation. Uh, we're losing options. Uh, we have, we're going back to the intrinsic. This something that has been the standard for thousands and thousands of years, even going back to biblical time. We know that diamonds and jewels uh, were on the breastplate. Um, and this is what we're seeing. Families like... Uh, this article, Jeremy, that I brought to the table from Vanity Fair seven days ago, 
the House of Savoy, Italy's former royal family, wants their crown jewels back after they've been held in a bank vault since 1946. They have approximately 26 pieces encrusted with 6,000 diamonds, um, and and uh, and they they're looking to preserve their family. Uh, their, their family influence, their family stance, and this is one way of doing it because they're concentrated wealth and they're rare, and this is what we need in a time where we have to strategically start thinking about maneuverability, money. You want to have something that has concentrated wealth, to have in the palm of your hand potentially here a Guildhall diamond worth $50,000. Uh, you can maneuver pretty quickly and pretty uh, pretty seamlessly in the event of. So you can pass that on without the bureaucracy of a government you know, wanting to tax you left, right, and center. No, this is a very seamless, beautiful asset class that will be appreciated for generations to come. Not only that, but it is money. Money has to be a hard asset. It's got to be rare. It's got to be physical. It's got to have an innate value. And that's what natural fancy colored diamonds are bringing to the table. And I'll tell you something, as a member of the natural fancy colored diamond foundation, you know, we're getting updates from the the natural fancy colored diamond community all the time. And I'm always amazed at how much the community, the owners of these natural fancy colored diamond companies echo the same things that we say. People want to own natural fancy colored diamonds because they're concerned about the devaluing of the currency. They're concerned about inflation. They're concerned about passing on generational wealth. They want to make sure that their their uh, wealth is protected, but also continuing to grow. Yes. So being able to put a portion of your wealth into a natural fancy color long term is something to take a, into consideration. And you can do that by giving us a call at one eight seven seven eight silver or the website guildhallwealth.com. And you can even set up an appointment. We're happy to show you a couple of the diamonds, take you through our buying process because we own the diamonds first. Right. We're not selling on behalf of a wholesaler or anything like that. We've gone out and purchased, procured these diamonds for ourselves. So give us a call about that. We're happy to show you and uh, educate you a little bit more about the natural fancy color diamond market. Coming up, we have to get to the Q&As, Jerry, so we'll, we'll do that. And then we'll also talk about Silver Squeeze. What do we have coming up this year in the, in the metals market, specifically silver? What kind of gains we can look forward to? The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's the Real Money Show on AM640. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Perhaps you're considering owning some physical gold and silver and maybe you've got some questions. So we're going to bring out of the bag some questions that have come across from lots of people over the years as well as uh, current clients and hopefully that can help our, our current audience. So Jerry, I'm going to move ahead and ask, how do we know, let's say you own metals. You've gone out, you've got your metals, got my silver. How do I know when to sell? Are you going to call me? That's the question. Are you going to call me and let me know exactly when I should be selling? I can do that, absolutely. I'll definitely give you a call if, if you'd like. Um, but what I tell my clients is to keep track of the silver to gold ratio. It's a ratio that has been used for centuries. And what it tells us is how many ounces of silver you need to get one ounce of gold. Right now, today, it's signaling that silver is the buy, signaling that silver is approximately, we're at 75 to 1 silver to gold ratio. Um, this is an indication for us to be buyers, more buyers and more 
uh, extreme buying of silver at these ratio levels. Historically, that ratio should be in and around maybe th around 30, some argue 20, some argue maybe 16 or 15 to 1. When it gets to these areas where you need uh, less silver to get gold, this is a trigger for us to, you know, especially traders who, who like to trade the silver and gold, to sell your silver to acquire gold or many or, or one of the other ratios that we do follow, silver to real estate, etc., so that is what we use, and we encourage people to, to start educating themselves and start to monitor the silver-to-gold ratio. It's a very uh, time-tested and true gauge of, of the values for gold versus silver, and that's what I would use, and I would encourage everyone to follow that silver-to-gold ratio. Yeah, I really like ratios as indicators. What we try to do at Guildhall is educate clients to understand the value you know, price is what you pay, value is what you get. So the idea is to understand what the value of it is and then understand some of these ratios so that you're not looking to peg a certain price when it comes to time to sell. So for example, Jerry, you mentioned the silver-gold ratio. So whatever happens in the gold market is amplified in silver. If gold is down, silver's way down. If gold is up, silver's way up. So as the gold price is going to increase, silver's going to increase even faster and that ratio will come down. So monitor that. Monitor the gold down ratio because you know in 1999 at the height of the dot-com bubble the ratio of gold to the Dow was like 40 44 to 1 by the time uh, 2011 came around we got down to 4 to 1 you needed 4 ounces of gold to buy the Dow real estate you know should you should you need 700 ounces of gold to buy an average home in Toronto for example or should you only need 250 something like that. So mm -hmm. that's something we can also discuss. Another one is the percentage of your portfolio. If, if you're going to have 15% allocated as an insurance policy for your portfolio and gold and silver double, triple, you look at your portfolio and say, okay, uh, it's it's now worth 50% of my portfolio. I'm going to bring it back down to 15. Now we're not advisors. We're just encouraging you to understand to not chase price, but understand the value of gold. Um, and we're not here to advise you on your portfolios. We're just here to discuss the nature of the precious metals. And again, the idea is to not necessarily be too keen about where the price is, but understand what the value of the metal and what its purchasing power is doing for you in order to help you to say, ah, yes, this, all these indicators are showing me maybe it's time. Mm -hmm. Not my emotions, but the indicators. Yeah. And to add some emotions into that conversation, I love looking at the U.S. debt clock because right now the gold price versus the M1 money supply, which is a, another historic ratio between gold and the money supply, put gold at approximately, what's the figure, roughly about fifty to 60000 uh, today, yeah, I think at, it was like forty thousand. I've heard twenty four thousand. There's been uh, it, there's been lots of analysts who've called easily ten thousand dollar gold. You know, you take a sixteen to one ratio on that, and you're you're into the multiple hundreds on silver, on silver, which gets us to silver squeeze. Let's talk silver squeeze. The price of silver, Jerry, is so low right now, and people are saying, how come the price isn't moving? You know, if, if all of this stuff is happening, how come the price of gold and silver aren't moving right now today? And I often say, because markets aren't necessarily as binary as you think they are. But let's talk about silver squeeze. Absolutely. We have to get there because right now, as we're seeing, the mo most asset classes have been hollowed out. And they're right now that we know that they've been propped up by cheap liquidity, whereas precious metals haven't had their inflationary run as yet. Uh, I bring to light 
the Silver Institute that they talked about silver industrial dem demand to set a new record high. And what is interesting from last year to this year, the the biggest sector for demand has become net physical investment. People are coming on board and wanting to get a piece of the pie in the silver market. Remember, we have industrial, we have photography, jewelry, silverware, all up and up for 2021. But leading the pack, leading the way is net physical investment. And not only that, but those people who are investing at those levels, they're not looking to sell when the market goes down. They're looking to buy when the market goes down. And that's why premiums increase into a falling market right now, which is a very intriguing prospect if you're looking at the market. The fact that as the price falls, the premiums are increasing, and as the price falls, sometimes it gets harder to get the metal. It gets harder to get the metal when the price is going down. That's the paper price. The physical world, the premium is much higher because the premium world, the real world, is dictating the actual price on what's available goods. Right. Silver squeeze, Jerry, where are we headed? So bringing to light the FX Empire, another foreign exchange firm, their trade of the year is silver prices. As we have started the year uh, relatively flat on precious metals, they are leading the way And when, when we compare it to the asset classes of stocks and bonds. Uh, right now with silver trading around $23, $22 per ounce, silver to FX Empire is definitely the best trade right now. They're signaling a massive short squeeze again in 2022, a reminiscent of 2020 may out, outshine that. So to be participating in something, this is historic. This is taking your wealth, uh, the power of your wealth back in your possession. And this is probably the most exciting times for silver markets. So we encourage you to get in touch with Guildhall and get your physical silver today. Yeah, if we got to $31 in the silver squeeze last year, and there's been nothing but buying, the whole time and the market's just getting tighter and tighter at $23 an ounce, where could that project the market to in the future? I think we could definitely be seeing much, much higher prices than just $31. And if we break that $31 level, we could be off to the moon in this market. So very, very exciting stuff. If you want to get involved in the market for the first time, please go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Check out some of the, the products that we have and pick up some small products like a 10-ounce bar or a tube of silver maples. It's a great way to get involved in the market. If you're looking to hold physical metal in an RSP, TFSA, Lira, Lift, Riff, contact us. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Thank you for joining us this week, Jerry. Great to chat with you this week. I felt like we could have gone for another three hours on these topics, but very excited about the future of the metals. Call us. We'll talk to you about the metals. We'll show you how to get involved in holding physical precious metals in a registered account where you have direct ownership, no counterparty risk, and also ask us about a natural fancy colored diamond. This has been The Real Money Show on AM640, and we look forward to speaking with you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.